Welcome to a special edition, a extra innings edition of the Friendly Confines Cubs podcast where we bring you the Cubs newsmakers. And Ryan, I love this segment because we give people a little bit of a taste of the upcoming episode. Who's on your wish list for us to bring onto the show? Well, we've had some amazing guests, Chad. I mean, think about it. We've had David Kaplan from ESPN 1000. We've had Mark Silverman also from ESPN. Dave Ennett from WGN Radio. Ryan Cheverini from Windy City Live. Gosh, there's just so many and so many still more to go. I, I can't wait for the endless possibilities of guys and gals that we're going to bring on to talk Cubs baseball this year for all of our listeners. Well, get ready for a fun, fun interview uh, coming up right now. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And we've had a lot of great guests on this program, but I don't think, and I'm not just saying this because she's on the line. I really, <laughs> every time <laughs> <laughs> I have never really been more excited to have our next guest on. She's the host of Spanning Company, which you can hear on ESPN radio. Nine Eastern. Of course, you can catch her on Around the Horn, also on Highly Questionable. And she's a contributor to the Dan Levitard show. It is the wonderful Sarah Spain. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. I don't know if you lost a bet or not, <laughs> but I'll take it. Thank you for coming on with us. Well, now, now the only possibility is for me to greatly disappoint you with a setup like that. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Not a chance. I have no <laughs> doubt. Well, and of course, for people that may not know, Sarah grew up in the Chicagoland area, still lives in Chicago, and she is one of the biggest Chicago Cub fans there is around. So it's it's great to talk some Cubs baseball with her as we uh, hear as we talk on the seventh inning stretch with Chad and Ryan. So, uh, Sarah, let's just jump right into this. Adbert Ozale, probably the uh, the new sensation on the north side for the Cubbies uh, in his first uh, appearance four scoreless innings for the Cubs. Had a really nice relief outing and now getting an opportunity to start for this team moving forward. Um, is this the kind of move that the Cubs kind of need with Hendricks now on the DL to maybe jumpstart this team a little bit going into the second half? Yeah, you forgot to mention Alzale also had 11 smiles in his first outing, <laughs> which is a stat that I will be keeping track of as he continues his major league career because I just love a dude that seems so happy for the opportunity. Um, yeah, you know, it's not just what he means for this team with the Hendricks injury and, you know, always wanting to get depth at the starting position. But the thing that I'm so excited about is that this has kind of seemed to be Theo Epstein and, and Jed Hoyer's weak spot was finding and growing, you know, homegrown farm pitching talent. They have been outstanding at finding pretty much everything else. And as far as pitching goes, that seems to be the thing that they've come up short on. So this could be, you know, either a turnaround for that trend or just a one-off. But either way, to have a guy um, that came up through their farm system uh, would be really exciting. And you can always, always use more arms in case of injury. And also just dudes that, you know, don't pitch the way you'd hope they do. And, you know, some sure. of the guys that have been a little disappointing this year, you hope it's just a game or two, but, um, you know, you always want to have uh, other guys you can go to, especially young guys. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. You talk about the farm system and uh, the, the Cubs obviously had to get a certain pitcher uh, from the White Sox in order to do that. They had mm -hmm. to give up some very uh, talented uh, players in their farm system. So let's, let's go to the other side of this with uh, Sarah Spain and you can find Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Spain. Um, Jose Quintana obviously has been, uh, someone that a lot of folks have uh, drawn ire with. with yeah. the Certainly uh, wasn't just that, talking about him. 
Yeah. That's right. That's right. The, way, the way that maybe he uh, certainly has been pitching the last uh, few weeks uh, did not look good in his last start at all against the Mets. Um, I mean, at this point, Sarah, I know it's too early to say, OK, you know, we made a mistake and, and we screwed up on this deal. But I don't think Cub fans are going to let go of this trade unless they see Jose Quintana really pull a 180 at this point for the rest of the year and moving forward. Well, I have to say that I, because of my radio schedule, I've only been to three Cubs games this year, and one of them was Saturday's Quintana disaster, where the highlight of the game was uh, watching weird baseball, where you get a position player pitching a one, two, three <laughs> inning in Caratini. So that tells you how terrible that game was. And the timing of it, of course, right? We, we still are remembering Eloy Jimenez, uh, making the White Sox a very happy fan base against us. And, and so to right after we still have that fresh in our minds, have his worst outing was really terrible timing for, for Quintana. And I think the fact that the fruits of the trade are right across town, even though a lot of Cubs fans don't really see the White Sox as a true rival, you know, not even being, you know, anywhere, you know, in the same league as them, um, both figuratively and, and literally. Right, <laughs> um, right. But I, that, that doesn't mean that seeing that guy across the way and watching the highlights and, and he, seeing headlines about him doesn't make it even tougher if Quintana doesn't, you know, play up to the standard that's expected of him. Now, I tend to be someone who skews positive. So I tend to feel like, oh, this is an aberration, right? Um, this is a guy who is pretty consistent. Not going to be an ace, but going to give you a quality chance to win pretty much every time he's out there. So I'm hoping that this bad start is, is, is an aberration and, and that'll find his way back to that consistency. Cause like you said, we're going to consistently think about this trade whenever we see him perform poorly, but maybe also people need to accept that he was never really an ACE. He was always a quality starter. Are, are you as shocked as I am when you are on? Well, I know you're probably shocked a lot when you're on Twitter because I shocked that I'm still on it is really yeah, the exactly. dominant feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but but I what I was getting at is the fact that you see and I'm sure you see it, too. The, the Cub fans on Cubs Twitter, which always cracks me up, the people that are are so angry about, you know, the Gliber Torres trade and the Jimenez trade and all these young prospects that the Cubs gave up to win a world championship in 2016. Yeah, it's almost like idiots. Right, right. It's almost like they, they would rather have these guys back but give right. up the 2016 well, because, World Series. Because in their minds, they're rewriting it where the Cubs win without making that trade and they get to keep the, 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 you know, the farm system as pristine as possible. Now, the Quintana trade, all right, if you want to argue about that one, you know, Quintana came on after the World Series and we don't know yet what Eloy Jimenez is going to be. But the point of building a great farm system is so that you do have pieces you can get rid of to get talent that helps you win right now. And it, it would be great to always have a, a really successful big league ball club and be able to consistently keep that farm system fresh. But that's really difficult to do. You don't usually get both. And so the occasional uh, prospect that you have to give up, and people are always going to remember those more than the good ones, right? Like you're always sure. going to be like, oh, well, you know, you're not going to reflect back on the trades where they gave away a guy who didn't end up being that great and got talent that worked for them right away. Um, and the Glaber Torres, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to be bummed about that, but are you giving back the World Series? Because there isn't a single move that they could make, even taking garbage-ass Araldis Chapman, which I right. hated watching, um, that I would say I would give it back for what, what happened. That was the best-case scenario, and 
even though last year didn't work out the way the team and the Cubs fans hoped, they've done exactly what they promised when Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and them arrived. They said, we're going to be garbage. We're going to build up the farm system and we're going to be contenders every year. And as, as much as last year was a disappointment, the number of games they won, they were in contention. And, and, um, and then they won a, a World Series and people are already souring on Joe and everybody else. But I know uh, that's being a sports fan, I guess. We're talking with Sarah Spain of ESPN. And again, you can catch her 6 to 9 Eastern time on Spain and Company. Of course, she's a contributor on Around the Horn and, of course, on Highly Questionable. And don't forget, she writes for ESPNW. That's something else I wanted to make sure uh, is something that people is uh, available to them as well on the website on ESPN.com. Um, Sarah, I know that you've been uh, vocal about Addison Russell. We were talking about a role as Chapman earlier and as it relates to domestic violence. And of course um, the Cubs are, have been in situations now twice where they have brought on a player that has been alleged of domestic violence. And now that Addison Russell has been playing for this team, it has obviously been a very uh, mixed bag of people's opinions and what the Cubs should do with them. Um, from your perspective, how should the Cubs handle this moving forward? And how do you think they have done so far of handling this situation with Addison Russell? Well, I'll, I'll start by just saying that Theo Epstein, I think, has handled it quite well. The best I've seen of a front office member in re regards to an issue like this, because he took an all-encompassing approach to addressing every aspect of the issue. The victims, community outreach, therapy and counseling for Addison. What a lengthy ordeal and, and, and work it is to actually get to the root cause of the problem and, and, and mature and, be, and, and, and fix it, right? Because a lot of people don't even understand the nuances of domestic violence. And it felt very clear that the Epstein had done his research and was not just, you know, uh, saying what he thought would make the media hordes go away. Uh, beyond that, though, I don't know that I can speak to the rest of what they've done um, beyond what appears to be the result so far, which is that Addison Russell doesn't seem to really get it, right? He was asked about fans booing him and made some cliche comments about how he, he's helping the team win. They shouldn't boo him and that's on them. And then immediately turned around and gave that very robotic PR scripted answer the next day. Um, to me, he seems like someone who still has a lot more work to do. Now in talking to experts, they say one and done policy is not beneficial to the abuser or the abused. It disincentivizes reporting. It doesn't allow help to be given to both parties. And so I'm trying to be more open-minded about the ways in which professional teams handle these issues based on what the experts say, that it isn't as simple as just saying cut him and, and he never gets to play again if that doesn't serve him or the victims. Um, and it's not realistic. It's become clear that there's the teams, for the most part, are not going to get rid of talented players because of these incidents. So the most we can hope for is more transparency in how they're handling it. I think they've been pretty transparent. Uh, the question is, for many people, you know, with a player like Addison, whose numbers aren't what they used to be and who has so many issues, uh, why didn't they just cut him when they had the opportunity? And what they've asked of, of fans in terms of all this and now this is a lot. And um, the only positive silver lining I can find is that hopefully because he's on a team with a front office who seems to actually care about the details of, of domestic abuse and what, what it encompasses, maybe – there's more of a chance that he'll, he'll actually um, change and not have recidivism. But that's me being my most positive self. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's well said. I mean, listen, like you said, there's no easy way to address this. Um, and, and I think that, as you said, to be transparent as possible 
is the best way to go and, and to make an informed decision moving forward. Um, that's that's what everyone should be doing. And, and it's, you know, that we still have ways to go. I, I think that's safe to say at this point that we yeah. still have a ways to go in that. We're talking with Sarah Spain of ESPN. So, Sarah, I'll, I'll uh, end with this. Uh, in your opinion, what does this team still lack or need maybe um, moving forward as we enter the second half so they can nail down a spot in the postseason and, and hopefully the division? Oh, my gosh. I wish I could channel my good friend who is the world's most cynical giant Cubs fan. He can tell you every stat, every historical (laughs) item, and he claims that he enjoys the games, but I'm always questioning it because he will send me, you know, message after message of the things that they're doing wrong and count the runners left in scoring position that were abandoned every time. And um, I would say consistency of starting pitching. Depth is a problem. Uh, taking advantage in key situations of sending of sending runners home, um, you know, situational hitting is huge that they need to improve upon. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Kimbrel can do. Uh, you know, I think that was obviously the biggest hole at the beginning of the season was was that bullpen. How does that change with Kimbrel? Can Morrow get healthy enough to be just at least remotely effective and helpful? Um, and so that's it for me. I mean, I think you have to beat the bad teams because you're going to have enough of a challenge with the Cards and the Brewers and other and, and, and the tough teams. So none of these, you know, playing down to their competition days. No, it's, it's, it's all valid points for sure. Sarah Spain with ESPN. You can catch her 6 to 9 Eastern on Spain and Company on ESPN Radio. She's also a contributor on Around the Horn, highly questionable ESPNW. Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much for answering me on Twitter and <laughs> allowing me the opportunity to have you on. We would love to have you on again down the line if uh, your schedule permits. It would be great to have you back. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, and I will throw one last thing at you here. Uh, so I am a Chicago native. I live in South Florida now. I know you come to South Florida quite a bit. I am friends with like the Ryan Cheverini crew when I come okay. to Chicago. You have such a fun crew as well that I see, and you're always going out in town in the Chicago. The thing that always blows me away, and I've said this to Ryan and Jason Belanke as well, is how have the crews not combined? For That's a, a night great out point. In the city. That is a great I, point. I have hung out with Belanke in other cities, like when he's working and, and we're both working around the SBs or Super Bowls or whatever. And I have spent time with Ryan Cheverini doing his show, but we have never combined forces. Uh, I fear there is uh, maybe not enough alcohol in the city for both. <laughs> I am, both I am throwing this out place. here. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say, I'm throwing this out here. I come back a lot of times in the summertime or on Thanksgiving. I am throwing it out right. there. The next time I'm in town, maybe Let's we try can to make it happen. The forces yes. And we can make it happen. Yes. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Sarah, thanks again for your time and, and look forward to catching up down the line. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk into Wrigley